Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you as always by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. We couldn't quite get the schedules to line up just right today. I've got showings going on and those kinds of things. Still trying to sell my house, by the way, if anyone in Boulder uh, needs one. Uh, but, but So I'll be writing solo on this episode. Be a little bit of a shorter one. Just going to get you all caught up with Rockies. First game against the Los Angeles Angels, a 6-2 defeat. You set up for the second couple. We've got some DraftKings sportsbook picks coming your way. All of that good stuff. But let's go ahead and begin right there with the game last night. 6-2 to two loss in a ball game that was pretty close. And then, as a lot of them do, has uh, <laughs> basically been the formula for the Rockies this year, right? Uh, whether they end up hanging on or the bullpen totally blows it. Though, in this case, really, uh, the Angels had, had won the game with the starters, it was Marquez versus Otani. That was, you know, sort of the marquee, and not to double uh, entendre, single double the double entendre there, with Marquis being Armand Marquez is one of his many nicknames. But Marquis versus Otani on the marquee, and uh, both were quite good, though obviously we saw a little bit more shakiness out of Armand Marquez. Uh, it, it's always tough when the first inning gets started by one of the best defenders in baseball. And Joshua Fuentes has been one of the best defenders in baseball, but uh, commits an error there to get the ball game started. And that unearned run ends up coming around. They actually get two in the first as Marquez has difficult times settling in immediately, but then throws several blank innings out there and ends up going into the seventh. And so, uh, you know, and that's tough, man. And for a while, I was actually ready to to send this tweet out, too, because it looked like it was just going to stay that way. The Rockies, uh, you know, with the run, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, what Nunez did in the fifth and then, of course, Rodgers in the eighth. But it looked for a little while the two to one score was really going to hold up. And, and that's just how it was going to go down. And I was prepared to tweet out, like, how ironic that the Rockies would lose a game essentially on an unearned run by, according to DRS and Defensive War and all of those things, one of the best third-base defenders in baseball. In fact, by rate, because of the way that, that DRS uh, works. So for those of you that, that know, sorry, that be a little bit of a reminder, but for a quick crash course for uh, those of you who aren't sure, DRS, uh, it, you know, it accumulates. And it, it's a lot like WAR, where you, you can get more of it the more that you play and and playing less means that it's it's harder to accrue. And Joshua Fuentes there. So therefore, just like with War, when you put up a big number in less time, it's even more impressive. And at third base, amongst all active ball players, oh, I've got it on team right now. So the Rockies at third base uh, have a 17 DRS, which is seven ahead of the second place. Pittsburgh Pirates. They're way, way out in front in terms of their team defense at third base. But that's not even the wildest part of the stat. When you go over to the individual side, how does that 17 break down? 
Well, in first place in all of Major League Baseball amongst third basemen in DRS is Joshua Fuentes with 10. And then in second place, on his own, in all of Major League Baseball, right ahead of Matt Chapman in third, is Ryan McMahon with seven. Chapman has six. So Fuentes is comfortably out in front here. What's mind-blowing about that is that Matt Chapman has accrued his six DRS in 860 innings, while Ryan McMahon has accrued his seven DRS in just 407 innings. And Joshua Fuentes in 451 innings, or about half of the amount of time that Chapman has put in at third base. They've accrued even more DRS. So it really is unfortunate that that's the way uh, the game started. And then we all know that, uh, that Fuentes has really, really been having his struggles at the plate lately, right? He, he's been, uh, especially on the road, he's, he's been pretty bad all year. Over these last couple of weeks, he's, he's had a tough go of it in general. It was always the question mark about him. We've seen him have some, you know, hot weeks and, and, you know, kind of put up some nice numbers and make you think, hey, maybe the bat will come around and maybe he will do some things. Obviously, he was a good contact hitter in 2020, but there always remained those questions about whether the bat would stick. But obviously, the defense is extraordinary. And so, you know, you're just going, well, it's, you know, well, you, you, you can still afford to wait and see in a year like this, uh, but it, it really is, will be just sort of, uh, frustrating ultimately for the individual, uh, you know, if he can't figure out a way to hit just enough, just to, you know, he's got, he's got to do more than he, he's been doing. We've, we've talked about some of his bad at bats recently, swinging at three straight pitches outside of the zone with the bases loaded and nobody out, stuff like that, where it's not even just like, hey, the batting average doesn't look good. It's the at bats are that bad. Um, and, and if he can't turn it around, you know, it's, it's going to end up being a, a short, major league career for Fuentes. But again, just looking at these numbers reminds you of how great at certain elements of the game of baseball, even some of these guys who, you know, may not end up being able to stick around are. Uh, Because for whatever he's not at the plate, he's all that and more out at third base to be comfortably leading all of baseball when you're not even close to having played the most third base, but you've still been the most valuable there. You've saved more runs, as it were, uh, theoretical runs, I should clarify that, um, than anybody else. And so, uh, but as it turned out, I I guess in in letting him off the hook a little bit way, talk about your Silver Linings podcast here, but uh, that the Angels did end up getting a couple of runs there, uh, in the seventh and, you know, it was, it was brutal. There, there were so many ways in which that, <laughs> went wrong for Justin Lawrence. I, I really believe it or not. And some people not, but I don't actually like harping on umpires. I'd prefer to never mention them ever at all. I'd really like the problem to just be solved so that we could talk about literally any other aspect of the game of baseball. That said, I can't just close my eyes and pretend like Justin Lawrence didn't have a strikeout right before everything went to hell 
right? So he, he, you know, guy gets on first, one out. Then he has his three pitches in the zone. I had the guy locked up. I had him, it, it should have been strike three. He doesn't get either call. So instead he loops one into right field that Charlie just loses in the lights. Of course, of course he does. Of course in that moment when the guy should already be out, that's the one you're going to end up losing in the lights. Um, ultimately, a couple of runs come around to score. And that, that, that was obviously the ball game. Now, Mayfield having hit the home run earlier, you know, that you could argue, okay, that was the ball game. And that's just back on Marquez. And he, he hadn't made a mistake in a while. And he, and he made one there. And you're, you're surprised to see that happen. But ultimately, 6.1 innings pitched. Three earned runs, four run total. We talked about the unearned one and, and how kind of bizarre that was. He didn't walk anybody. He struck out eight. And it really comes down to a pitch probably in the first inning. He'd really like back to Shohei Otani that went for a single. And the ball that he threw Mayfield. And other than that, you know, Marquez did his thing. Ben Bowden struck out uh, the heart of the order there. The, the only two guys that he faced. And then it just came down to that wonky moment with Justin Lawrence both not getting the call and then not getting the the basic play made right behind him and, and all of the things that had to go wrong for that that run to come in against him uh, for the two runs excuse me to come in against him and so again that's one of those things where it's unfortunate because Justin Lawrence is one of those guys we're trying to learn the most about and really get a sense of what he can and can't do in those situations and you don't learn much about a guy when, you know, a guy who should be out is putting the ball in play. And that happens to go as technically as a base hit, because when the outfielder doesn't, you know, touch the ball, doesn't make an actual physical error. Uh, we can't call one. That's always been kind of a weird pet peeve of mine about how errors. And I understand, I, I've been, I think I've said this a few times before. I understand why it scored the way that it is, but I think we should have some kind of way of measuring uh, of, of being able to use all errors are subjective. They're all uh, an official scorer decides whether that was truly an error or not. There are just sort of some guidelines that they're supposed to use. But I, I feel like if a ball is caught now, and I wouldn't even mind using, you know, some like hit probability as a part of this. If, if a ball is caught 98% of the time and it's just kind of a looper into right, even if it's, you know, not look, guys lose balls in the lights. It's not like Charlie made a mental error or a physical error here. I guess I guess technically the lights blinding your eyes is a physical error, I, I think. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> but obviously bad play and rough there uh, made it very, very difficult for the Rockies to make any kind of uh, comeback or, or, or late run there, even with what we're going to talk about now. And we are going to, on this day... Toast our Breck brews, our Breck Celsius, our Breckenridge drinks, adult beverages of your choice, whatever you feel out there. You can get it at the liquor store, down at the King Supers. Uh, get the 15-can sampler for sure. All kinds of great stuff in there. 12-can samplers are for wimps. We out here getting the full sampler pack, 15 of them. All kinds of delicious flavors, whether you're picking up the seltzers or the Breck brews. Yeah, gots to get it done. And, of course, you get a bigger one when you come down to the DNVR bar. Make sure when you swing by, you do get your larger beer. You say hello to everyone. We got trivia going on on Tuesday nights. Always a lot of fun. 
Come and show off your Rockies and other Colorado sports knowledge. Win some free swag. Win uh, some food and beer. Uh, got some pretty fantastic prizes for if you get out there, you know your stuff, do the thing. Become a member of the family today at the DNVR.com. If you sign up for the annual, we'll hook you up with a free shirt. Uh, you get access to the Discord channel. You get constant discounts on hats and shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. It's you just, you, you got to get it done. You got to become a member of the family today. Do not hesitate. And of course, one other thing that you know that you get as member of the family. Well, that's hooked up with all of our great sponsors, including our friends at Hassle Cattle Company. Hassle Cattle Company, you know it, folks. I'm not making it up when I say it. It is my favorite. I love them so much. I eat so, so much Hassle Cattle beef these days. It's delicious. It's good for you. It's good. Wow, well, it's good for you. It's, it's better for you than all the beef that they're pumping full of hormones and antibiotics and all that gross nonsense garbage that you might find in the beef that you get at the grocery store or oftentimes even like out at restaurants and certainly for like, like fast food and stuff. It's really good, really tasty meat. They've treated the cattle well, treats the environment well, and they're going to treat your wallet well. It doesn't cost that much. You might think, man, this sounds like fancy beef that I got to go and order online, the whole big thing. It's going to cost me a ton. Look, they've got some fancy steaks. You want to get some fancy steaks? You can run up a bill if you like, but you want to do what I do. Grab a whole bunch of ground chuck, ground beef, award-winning hamburgers, a couple of steaks. They got some cheap ones too, some roast, get bacon. Oh, the bacon. Oh, the beef bacon from Hassle Cattle Company. You got to get in on it. Use promo code DMVR10. You'll save 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, you'll get free shipping. I highly Highly recommend you do it. I always go over the 200, always get that free shipping. Obviously, I always use the promo code. And I've never once been disappointed, not a single time. I've had zero negative reviews from people out there in the world on Twitter, 100% positive. If it's been a while and you've been thinking, oh man, I got to put in another order with hassle. I keep forgetting. I do that every once in a while. Put it in right now as you're, pause the podcast, put in your order so you don't forget. All right, welcome back. Okay. So let us toast our <laughs> Breck Brews and Hassle Cattle Companies and uh, <laughs> toast your beers and your steaks at this time to the youngsters of the Colorado Rockies who uh, really, you know, had some some nice swings of the bat there in that one. Yeah, you only get two runs on eight hits. So eight hits actually on the road. Well, come up a few more runs there. And as we've talked about, a few opportunities where the offense could, and we can dive into that a little bit deeper uh, but obviously the big moments coming for, and really the big moment of the game for the Rockies offense has got to be Dom Nunez hitting his solo home run against Shohei Otani in the fifth inning, getting the Rockies on the board, uh, reminding himself of the power stroke that he has. Uh, you know, obviously he got out to that fast start where he hit five home runs in the first couple of weeks and amongst rookies he was leading and home runs and RBI and all that stuff and he basically just just stopped you know and then he's had a few big at bats I can think of some doubles in the gap he had a big one on the last homestand that really broke the game open for the Rockies in the first uh, against the Mariners but there hasn't been that oh yeah remember he can hit the ball 450 feet uh, like he'd been doing with some regularity at the beginning of the season and you know, or, or the time when he took Jacob DeGrom 
and nearly took him deep and hit that one off the top of the scoreboard. You know, those big, healthy hacks that we've seen from Dom Nunez, and it had been a little while, like I said, saw one on the last homestand, saw another one here. It was a mistake pitch. Definitely, definitely a hanger from Otani, but this is the, like, uh, hangers aren't automatically hit for home runs every time. And when a guy is throwing the kind of stuff that Otani has, there were there were a few of those. Like, this is actually a little bit what he does. I, I've, I like watching Shohei Otani films, so I've watched him a little bit more. I don't watch a lot of American League baseball, but when he's on the mound, I tend to stop and watch uh, the highlights and uh, the game, whatever it is, when he's doing stuff. I find it very fascinating. And his command traditionally would leave a bit to be desired. Uh, you know, he's, he's not working edges a ton. He's trying to hit edges, but his stuff is so good. His fastball comes in with so much late movement and, and such great velocity. He was still hitting 99 miles an hour uh, out there in the seventh inning. Then he's got this wicked cutter that's about 10 miles an hour slower than his fastball, but with a great deal of movement in the opposite direction of how his four-seamer moves. Then he's got a slider that moves similarly to his cutter, but with more downward movement and with another five miles an hour off of it, which totally throws you off. A big sweeping curveball. And a changeup. And all of those pitches move a ton. So sometimes, it's not uncommon for him to throw that curveball like he did. It might have been the slider. It was a breaking ball. It stayed up and out over the plate. And that's not uncommon for him to throw that. And guys swing right through it because they recognize it late. It looked like a fastball till it got there. Got on top of them. They were ahead of it. They were behind it. There's... So many different ways because of how much it moves. It looked like it came from outside the zone. So it's definitely not an automatic. And we saw Rocky swing through a number of those on the night. It was really, really cool to see Nunez, who we all know, you know, his struggles and what he's gone through this year, still trying to get over the Mendoza line, hitting a buck 73, having a, having a tough time. We know it's tough as a catcher, especially as a rookie catcher. And, you know, he's been more or less replaced in the starting role by Elias Diaz. But in a young player's career to get, that's the best player in baseball right now. I don't, I don't know who's in second place. And, and I, I don't know that there have been too many times in my life where I would have felt comfortable saying that's the best player in baseball. I'm sure it's a sentence I've said. Uh, and usually when I say that, I mean, that's the best position player in baseball because position players and pitchers, you know, traditionally, <laughs> historically, have such different roles to play. It's so difficult to compare them. And we had this conversation with Drew Goodman earlier in the year on the show about, you know, he and I are both among those who are like, I don't like giving the MVP to a pitcher, even when they're heads and shoulders the best pitcher in the league and they're on the best team in the league and maybe they were the most valuable player on their team if you interpret it exactly as those words are meant, most valuable player. But it's like they've got their own award. There's the Cy Young is right there. 
But obviously this Shohei Otani thing is a different thing. This is just, it's a, it's something else entirely. He's the best player in baseball right now, kind of comfortably. And I believe that all of the war stats, if you do like combined position and pitcher, because, you know, other guys aren't getting war from being also starting pitchers. It's an, it's, it's absolutely bananas what he is doing. And anytime you manage to get the better of that guy, especially if you're a young ball player still trying to prove your worth, trying to prove your confidence to yourself, even trying to prove to yourself that you belong in major league baseball and remember what it's like to swing the bat and watch the ball go over the fence and then go, Oh yeah, I didn't just get this one off of some reliever guy. And we'll get to Rogers in just a second, but, and then Quintana's not just some reliever guy, but you, you know what I mean? Like you, you come in and you get, you know, the other team's equivalent of, not to pick on anybody, but, you know, Yancy Almonte. There's the, the guys that exist in every bullpen, and you get that guy, and, and you hit the home run there, and you go, yeah, okay, I feel good, I feel better, my, my swing's good, okay, I, I feel great about that. But you feel phenomenal when you hit a home run off the best player in baseball. Straight up. So we'll see if there are any lasting effects for Dom Nunez on that. The other one that I just alluded to, of course, Brendan Rodgers hitting the home run in the eighth inning off of Quintana. And that one is almost the opposite of what we were talking about with Nunez, right? That has a lot more to do with Rodgers continuing to feel good, to show that he's locked in. He's been having good to great at-bats for several weeks now. Uh, He's earned his way into batting second in the lineup with some regularity. And yeah, there's still going to be some nights where he goes over and he's still going to strike out sometimes. He's this, that, or the other. But that approach of lefty with good stuff on the hill, late in the game, trying to get the team back into it, not trying to do too much, go to the big part of the ballpark, hit the ball the other way, and he just happened to get all of it and hit a screaming laser line drive that could not have been in the air for more than three and a half to four seconds and goes out to center kind of right just just off of right center field that kind of home run so in contrast remember when i talked about earlier with Jonathan daza in earlier weeks i mean about how there's only one kind of home run that he can hit and it's it's what he did in the minors and it's the only type of home run that he's hit in the majors, and that's when he gets a fastball that's tailing in on him, either a sinker or like a two-seam fastball that's coming in on him, and he can just turn his body down and in and basically golf swing it and, and hit a line drive to left field that gets over the fence. Right? I, I would be shocked if we ever see Jonathan Daza hit an opposite field home run at the major league level. Maybe if they play in Houston or something or, or in, uh, in Boston down at Pesky's pole. But other than that, very, very unlikely. Rogers, on the other hand, reminded everyone with that shot last night, he can hit a home run anywhere, anytime. Pitched anywhere. He doesn't need a certain kind of pitch to hit a home run. He, he doesn't need to be able to take it to one part of the park. If he can hit that ball out to right center field with that level of authority, and this is something that, again, scouts have known for a long time, Anyone who's watched this kid in the in the minor leagues 
is known for a long time. Uh, I watched him take batting practice in Grand Junction and saw him casually hitting opposite field home runs in BP. As a kid straight out of high school, and the, the air is pretty thin and dry and hot out there in Junction. So, you, and you know, you take a few, <laughs> you, you try to, you know, but then you read the scouting reports and then you watch the film in minor leagues and you go, his swing generates that kind of power. It's about, and that's what it's about. That's why I'm contrasting it to Jonathan Daza right now. Daza has a swing that generates a great amount of contact, not a great amount of power. Rogers, even when he's not trying to, much like Trevor's story, just generates power. His swing just creates momentum in ways that like when, when people are criticizing Raimel Tapia and you know how I feel about those particular things. Like, I don't think he needs to be one of those guys who generates a great deal of power all the time because his style of play works for him. Would it be great if he could add that? Yeah, but I don't think it's as easy as that. Not everyone is is born with what Brendan Rodgers and, and Trevor Story were born with. Some of it's that. You can do a lot of hard work and you can do a lot of mechanics and a lot of tinkering. But the home run that Brendan Rodgers hit in game one of this series against the Angels, there were parts of that that were taught and there was a big element that wasn't. That was just, he might be something special and we're going to get a chance to give him the room to breathe and see if he can figure out and become that player in front of our eyes and, and be around for the next good Rockies team because he's got just an extraordinary wealth of natural talent that has not yet been able to rise to the surface because of injuries, lack of playing time, lack of consistency, the tough start, all of these other things. And now we're just seeing it. And it's been a lot, a lot of fun. All right, got to remind everybody, of course, about another one of our fantastic sponsors, and we're going to be doing some looking ahead with them right now, and that is the folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You know they make watching sports a whole lot more fun, uh, whether you're betting on little things throughout the game. This guy's going to get a hit. That guy's going to get a home run. I got the over on strikeouts on that pitcher. I got the under on strikeouts. This pitcher over under on total number of runs scored. Uh, maybe you're jumping over into uh, some of the other sports. Those of you, look, if you're going through sports withdrawals because football hasn't started back up just yet, uh, hockey and basketball are over right now. Olympics, baby, get in on it. I don't know if some of y'all are uh, not really into it. I'm super big into the Olympics. We've got an Olympics channel in our Discord now. You can come hang out with us if you're a member. Talk Olympics 24-7 and talk about some of the best bets the easiest bet that you're going to have is right here on their promo, though, for sure. If you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code DNVR when you sign up. You'll turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. So you'll turn $1 into $100 in free credits. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only. At DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 
4700. All right, speaking of which, let's go ahead and take a look forward at tonight's matchup. Austin Gomber against Jose Suarez should be a good one. Suarez has been fantastic for the Halos so far this season with a 285 ERA. Colorado Rockies left-hander Austin Gomber in his second start off of the injury list is got a 374 ERA coming into this one. We know, of course, that a lot of that was front-loaded with his pretty bad April, that since then he's been one of the Rockies' best pitchers. In his last outing, Gomber was very, very good at Coors Field, but did end up giving up the three solo home runs. So very frustrating for him there. He also walked his first batter in, I think, a month. Uh, so we're going to see how he responds to that out on the road in the uh, humidity environment that should bode very, very well. Of course, we know for his big looping curveball, the slider he likes to use, uh, the changeup, of course, uh, it shouldn't have too much impact on his fastball, but we'll see how that works. I actually, therefore, am going to go ahead and give you a DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. I've actually got Austin Gomber to record a win. So you got to have a couple of things go for you there. And um, sure, our guy Manny Randava is, is screaming into his hat somewhere. But uh, obviously, you know, Austin Gomber's got to be able to pitch uh, the five innings. He's got to be leading as he goes out of the game. And the Rockies need to hold on for the W. But I like the opportunity for them to do all of those things. So that will be my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week for you. It's plus 215. That's one of the reasons why I like it. I, you know, some of these other ones where you go, I like this to happen, but they aren't good odds. And I usually don't like placing the minus bets. We'll see, you know, as we go through here, if there are any uh, that, that work out properly. And uh, the, basically DraftKings has this game as a bit of a toss up. And so I wasn't sure if I was going to give you Rockies to win by two or more. And, and I don't know that I like that. I like the, these games are going to be close. I think this is going to be a low-scoring contest. Uh, I think both of these pitchers are going to do a decent job. Obviously, once the bullpens get involved, it becomes a big, giant question mark. Both teams have had a lot of struggles in their bullpens. That said, I liked, rather than going with the Rockies to win by at least two or more, I, I preferred to go with Austin Gomber to have the, the quality outing get the win. And again, you could take over on uh, strikeouts, uh, but you're getting minus 120 for that. So, and, and they've got him at four and a half. So I like that. I, I like Gomber to get more than four and a half strikeouts to, to do five or more on the K side of things. But, uh, you know, I don't, at, at minus 150, I'm not that in love with it. You can get plus 120 if you think he's really not going to have the strikeout stuff going at all and go with the under four and a half. I do like, and this is actually something that sneakily I've been fading the Rockies on a lot lately, is, is the strikeouts. Picking the other pitchers, uh, the other pitcher, the other team's starting pitcher over on strikeouts has been beneficial. Even in games that the Rockies win, uh, you know, especially when it's four and a half. Jose Suarez at four and a half, you get plus 120 on that. I like that. I, I, I like the over on that, you know, especially until they really get back to the full, like, Tapia does a compliment because those guys don't strike out very much. But, you know, they have the guys that the do. Blackman doesn't strike out very much. But Story, Nunez, you know, when Hilliard's in there getting at bats, both of the catchers strike out quite a bit. 
Um, Rogers has the tendency to strike out for sure. Really, it's just Tapia, Daza, and Blackman who are the guys who are prone to not strike out very much. So I like that one there. I don't know if like is the right word, but I've, I've got the over on Rockies, four and a half strikeouts against Jose Suarez. Uh, you know I like the home run bet, always one of my favorites. Uh, let's see if we can find where the only plus 330 for Trevor Story. They feel like he's due. He's ready to go off. Plus 300 for Shohei Otani. If you think he's going to be able to go left on left against Gomber, or maybe you feel like uh, he'll strike when the Rockies bullpen comes in. Uh, where Charlie Blackman at plus 500. Those are those are good long odds. That's a nice payout if Charlie Blackman comes up with a home run. He's been quite a bit better since the All-Star break. Uh, I like that one. That'll be my home run pick for this game tonight. If you got to take someone to hit a home run, just one homer from Chuck Nasty will pay out at plus 500. That's a pretty solid bet for you. And uh, one other one that I do have... I need to double check the line. I thought it was nine and a half. It looks like it may have shifted just to nine, which is weird. They don't usually do that. It's almost always a half. You can't push. They do. They have the over under at nine. Um, and it's only minus 110 to take either the over or the under. So I guess uh, DraftKings is probably feeling what I'm feeling like this is going to be a really well-pitched game, at least through the first six or seven innings, but then who knows what happens. Uh, I, I like the unders. So, so double check what it is on your app right now. It may be shifting. And even if it's just a, you know, a minus one ten, or that might be for each team, uh, total runs. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So here it is on total runs. So you can you can go for exactly nine at plus six hundred, under nine at plus one hundred five, or over nine at plus one hundred five. I like the unders in Rockies games a lot. I I throw that one down. I probably hit on it seventy to eighty percent of the time. We know games get out of hand, but one of the big things about you know betting is. The, you're not betting against necessarily always what the bookkeepers think is going to happen. You're betting against what the bookkeepers think the public thinks is going to happen. And the public almost always thinks, especially when they're at home, but generally that the Rockies are going to score more runs than they do or that people are going to score more runs against the Rockies than they do. This goes back to all of those things about you know their offense. Their offense has always seen a little bit better than they actually are because they score a decent number of runs even when they're bad and the Rockies pitching is always seen as worse than it actually is because over the course of a season they give up more runs than other pitchers on average but we all understand why that's the case here on this show and so I I find that's a very very safe bet to take in Rockies games because People who don't know the Rockies especially well, which is most people betting on most of these games, are going to assume that the pitching will be worse than it is and that the offense will be better than it is. And I think that's why we see so many of these inflated uh, run tolls. That said, it's it's not a foolproof system. Obviously, you know, the they, stuff gets out of hand. We, we've seen it. You know, the Rockies bullpen is very capable of giving up nine runs in just one inning. <laughs> so... 
you know, uh, do with that what you will. But I, I typically like hitting on those unders there. All right, one quick look forward. They don't have, obviously, any lines for that. But the next day, uh, the Colorado Rockies will send up uh, Gonzalez against Haney. It should be an absolute coin flip again if, if you're going in terms of starting pitching. This is one of those series where if you looked at it on paper ahead of time, you go, well, they're going to lose the Otani game. Again, you don't expect to win when the best player in baseball takes the hill for the other team and is also a threat to drive in a bunch of runs, <laughs> which he did. Oh, he drew, drew, drew in. He drew in that first inning run. Uh, so then the second two games are the ones where, you know, you look and go, hey, this is the, that's where they can win the series if they're going to. We know the Road Rockies have only won one well, road series. That's where you, the Road Rockies have only won one road series. And, you know, it, you, you don't predict them to do so. And I'm still not going to. I do think that they'll pick up a win in one of these final two games. I won't be shocked if they manage to win them both and, and come out with a little road series win. They're second in just a couple of weeks. And, you know, to some degree, feel like maybe they're starting to shake this this demon of being truly terrible on the road, as we talked about in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. Uh, while, yes, you could make the argument that they were very close to getting swept, they were also just as close to having swept the other way. So they played well. They played close games. They've been much more competitive on the road the last couple of weeks. So I think these, you know, two games, it is interesting that you've got the really good pitching matchup in Gomber and Suarez, followed by the both teams, you know, bottom of the rotation guys who are hanging in there with five or six plus ERAs going out there just to try to do the best they can. That might be the game, actually. <laughs> Maybe in game three, don't take my advice on just hammering the under just because they're like, double check what it is. I wonder what it'll be for that matchup. Twelve and a half? Like, uh, I, I, I would stay away from the under in that one, probably. <laughs> so so disregard everything I said just a few minutes ago. It's, it's a good strategy, except for when it's not. Uh, but yeah, opportunity to, to win the set. I think more than anything, the most important thing here is for them to just kind of shake that monkey, get a little bit of like, yeah, no, okay, that we're not going to be the worst team in the history of Major League Baseball on the road. Still among one of the worst, and certainly one of the worst in, in recent memory, but still, nobody wants to be the worst of all time. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> you know, never want to be that. And so, uh, I think it's a good opportunity here for them to get at least one, if not maybe even two wins. And after that, they're off to San Diego, the last place where they won a road series. Unlikely to happen again. Probably not going to sneak up on them. Let's see if starting pitchers have been announced. Not on this app. Uh, I'll check on one other thing, but it'll be a four-game set with the San Diego Padres that'll run them through the end of the weekend, then a day off before coming back home to face off against the Chicago Cubs and Miami Marlins. Of course, by the time they are back home, the trade deadline will have passed, and so it'll be interesting, of course, to see uh, who, 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 uh, amongst the Colorado Rockies is still amongst the Colorado Rockies when they return back to Coors Field. 
One last one of these for you. Got to remind you about our friends over at Ball Corporation, man. They're, they're so awesome. They really are. Uh, I, I know I gush about all of our sponsors, and I was really kind of shocked about this one when Lindsay told us. She's like, hey, guys, we got Ball. I was like, Ball? You mean, like, make all the cans and the jars and they just named the Pepsi Center after them and They've employed a bunch of people that I know and some of them even in my family and incredibly well and have this extraordinary reputation for taking care of the environment and taking care of all of their people. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that ball, those guys, the, the, the one and the same. There isn't a, another different one. And I just I, I was just blown away by it. I just first of all, shout out to Lindsay Sauer. How awesome is she uh, at bringing in these sponsors that straight up like match what we're about here. Like they're great members of the Denver community, the Colorado community, the United States community, the global community. They make billions of cans. They care about sustainability. They got this 400 person plant right here in Golden. And guess what? They're hiring. They're other than DNVR, I can't think of a better place to work than at Ball. So check them out at hashtag work at ball online. Apply for a position at their aluminum can plant. Text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or just text GOLDEN to 77222. Seriously, though, I, as many of you can tell, I care a great deal about the environment and about workers rights. And they're really, really big on those things down there. And then they also make cool stuff that you can use and that everybody uses and we recycle it. And it's like, yes, yes, there should be more companies like that. Uh, anyway, yes, check them out. Go, go to ball and also just buy some cans. If you're not looking for some work, just go buy some ball jars or whatever. They're, they're a fantastic corporation and you should, uh, I love being able to support places like that. All right, double-checked here to see if they had anything on my other source that I normally check for probable pictures for the Padre series, and no. <laughs> so just wanted to be sure about that. Don't have anything for you then on the Rockies starters. And, you know, who knows? Some people have been speculating about, again, how many of them will still be on the team. I expect the starting pitchers to be there. 50-50 um, on Trevor Story. Uh, I expect a lot of the veterans to be gone and and for us to, you know, be seeing a whole lot more of uh, Connor Joe and uh, and Lucas Gilbreth and, and Justin Lawrence down the stretch. And, you know, and I'm here for it. I'm, I'm down for that. Actually, I thought uh, Lawrence and Gilbreth have, have been pretty good lately. And I'm, I'm going to be very curious to continue to watch their growth. As we mentioned, you know, the Brandon Rogers story continues and gets more and more interesting by the day. The catcher combination behind the plate, can those guys figure it out? Or is that a position that the Rockies really will need to target in the future? Rymel Tapia has been a little bit cold. He's still managing to get on base with, you know, regular. It's it's what he does, obviously. He's, he still gets on base in almost every single game that he plays. But a lot more one for fours. And, and you know, it's been a while since he's had any multi-hit games or anything like that. So I expect we're going to see Tap heat up here pretty soon our prediction that charlie blackman was going to have a big second half he's already raised his average back up to 276 i still want to see a little bit more pop there uh but yeah i think we're in for some good things 
out of Charlie Blackman the rest of the way. And then, yeah, we'll see which ones of these young guys fill in more and more as some of the veterans get moved off the team. If they do, I, I, I suspect that'll start happening here uh, before too long. But we'll be plugged in for these games in the meantime, seeing what Austin Gomber can get done, seeing if Chi-Chi can continue to be okay. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, enjoying the starting pitching, the growth of the position players when it happens, and just wondering what in the world are we going to see out of the bullpen today? Those are the fun questions that plague you or, or query you as you wake up in the morning out there in Colorado Rockies land. But like I said, going to wrap this one up a little bit shorter today. Appreciate y'all listening in for this one. Uh, make sure you're watching all of these games. You're checking everything out on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com. You got to get it all in, folks. Come and hang out with us anywhere and everywhere on the YouTube. Get on the YouTube. I sometimes forget to mention that. It's a lot of fun there. You can join the conversation live. Hang out with us. Click the bell icon. It'll let you know when we're going live. It's a whole lot of fun. You don't want to miss out on it. Do join us as we'll wrap up this series. We'll set up the San Diego series. And, of course, we will have wall-to-wall coverage of whatever it is the Rockies end up doing at the trade deadline coming up here real soon. Thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. I promise you that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I'll see you at the ballpark.